Well, good afternoon, Rach. Hello. <laughs> and good afternoon, uh, or whenever it is that you're listening to this, Orchard Women. Um, but we are in episode two of series two, series two. Um, of the Orchard podcast. And, um, and this podcast, we are talking and discussing and pulling apart um, places in the gospel where Jesus meets women. We are talking about encounters that Jesus has with women, what we learn about Jesus and what we learn about these women and what it means for us. Um, and so here we are in a slightly different environment. Yes, you're real. <laughs> you're not the other side of a screen. This is, we have upped our podcast game, people. It's slightly intimidating to it actually is. see you across the table. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we do see each other in real Real life a lot anyway. So you, I don't, you may notice that the audio quality is slightly better if you're just <laughs> listening to this uh, as the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then you get to see us like together, not through some really substandard yeah. Zoom screen. We're done with this Zoom, is good. aren't this we? This is good. Like, we goodbye Zoom. Zoom. Hello studio. Yes. Hello studio. Hello studio. We've even ba- got some foliage. <laughs> we have the or- Orchard Studio. The Orchard Studio. That's yeah. what we've called it. Very good. So yes, we are going to be looking to do episode two. We're going to be looking at two women um, who feature in the Gospels twice, albeit very briefly. We're going to be looking at Joanna and Susanna. Now, just to give Mary Magdalene her dues, she also features. She does. But we're going to look at her separately um, another week, so you can look out for that one. So we just want to specifically look at Joanna and Susanna. Can I just say, Rach, can I interrupt you? Please. I feel like we often get through these podcasts, and we forget forget to mention the most wonderful thing that's going to happen in November. Oh, so why don't are you, you... Are you having a baby? No, <laughs> no. What's happening in November? It is the Orchard Conference. Yes, yes. And I'm, I'm hoping that a whole load of you who are listening to this will have been to our two previous conferences. Um, and I'm hoping also that there'll be a bunch of people listening that haven't yet been, and this is for you. No, it's for all of you listening. Everyone listening, if you haven't got your ticket... Book your ticket to the Orchard Conference. It is on the 12th of November, 2022, uh, in Birmingham, same venue, town hall, right in the centre of the town, in the, of the city, and you can book your tickets now. Mm. I, think, I think there are a few early bird tickets left, so if you want, if you want to catch a, a, a better rate, then you can book your ticket now. I think there's just a few left mm-hmm. in our early bird allocation, so do go ahead and do that. Bring your friends, invite your friends. We had so many great emails last yeah, time from so people many. saying, "I want to bring all my friends." Mm. If you wrote that message, busloads, busloads. <laughs> we have actually got a coach yeah, load do. coming, yeah. um, but why don't you do that now? Start organizing your church group. Short check to your pastor or whoever it is about organizing a group of women to come and be part of that on the 12th of November in Birmingham. Mm. We are really excited yeah. about seeing you there. Anyway, sorry, interrupting no. Joanna. Very important. Thank you. Joanna and Susanna. I'm sure if they were here in the UK in 2022, they would come. I mean, I'm being presumptuous there, but they would. They'd be be there. They'd be there. Anyway, so what we're going to do, the way we're going to structure this podcast a little bit, um, we're going to talk a little bit about who they are. There's not tons of information, but a little bit about who they are. Uh, And then we want to talk specifically about what their lives are mean for us, what it means for us as female disciples in the 21st century. And so who are these two women, Joanna and Susanna? Very popular girls' names when I was at school. Yeah, same. Uh, Same. We're we're not that different in age. So (laughs) basically, you know, if you were a Christian parent and you wanted to name your daughter... Susanna and Joanna, top, top of the list. Top, not so many these days. No, they're not. Great names. Shout out if you're a Joanna and a Susanna listening to this. 
Um, what we do know about them mm. is that they were healed or set free from a demon by Jesus. That's what it says. So the two verses, uh, if, you, if you want to look up the scripture, uh, it's both in the book of Luke. Can we just say, shout out Seriously. to Luke? Because <clears throat> these two women are only mentioned in the gospel of Luke. Thank you, Luke. I mean, probably slightly dodgy <laughs> theology to say, can he hear this? Let's not even go there. But thank you, Luke for mentioning these two amazing Thank women. Thank you, Jesus, for Thank inspiring you, Jesus. Luke. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Yes. Uh, these two, what we know is that they were either healed by Jesus, whether that's physically, emotionally, we're not sure, or Jesus uh, released some sort of spiritual, demonic presence in their lives, yeah. set them free. So mm. that's what we know about them. The other thing that we know about them mm. is that, um, the other thing that we know about them is, is that they were, uh, they were also supporters of Jesus. So they, and, and the inference there is that they financially mm. supported the ministry of Jesus, which is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. It's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that is kind of the bare bones of what we know. We're going to dig in a little bit more. But I guess the first question, as Amy said, we want mm. to look at is very briefly, really, for this instance, is what, what does this tell us about Jesus? Mm. What does this tell us about Jesus? Yeah, and just even before I, uh, I just read this really great quote actually from a lady called um, Rachel Evans, and uh, and she writes. It says that Christ ushered in this new era of life and liberation in the presence of women, and that He sent them out as the first witnesses of the complete gospel story. Um, and she says this is perhaps the boldest, most overt affirmation of their equality in his kingdom that Jesus ever delivered. And so like you're saying, Rachel, these were the, they were disciples. They, they were disciples of Jesus. It's so clear. There's no getting around that. They weren't just helpers. They were his disciples. They helped him extend the kingdom of God, which is remarkable. And then also, um, like you were saying, Rachel, the, the second part that we read is um, that they, they were the first to um, discover the tomb um, mm. was found empty um, in, in uh, Luke 24. We read about this. And, um, can and I, it, can I, go on. I'm just reminded of something. <laughs> When we, when we were little, I actually shared this in a sermon once. Did you? Yeah. When we were little, <laughs> there was this song, this worship song. <laughs> I'm sure it came out of, you know, Vineyard somewhere in America. And it was like a really classic kind of 90s. I'm sure it had like a saxophone solo in it. And the line was in the song, the tomb was found empty, the stone rolled away, he's alive, he's alive. And Amy, at the age of, I'm, I'm going to be generous You're, You here. are going to be generous. L like let's go with five. five. Let's five, go with five. five. Surely five. Amy always sang that line, there's too much fundamentals <laughs> roll. So she just basically made up words. Well, yeah. So it wasn't the tomb was found empty. Let's go with there's too much fundenti. Yeah. Whatever that basically, is. Basically, our brother, we have two older brothers, went came up to me one day and said, It's not, there's too much fundenti. <laughs> basically burst the bubble. But oh. you know, I learned about the gospel that day. Anyway, you were making um, a profound yes. point and so, I interrupted you. Yeah, thanks, Rach, for bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> 
you're, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, but these women were the first to um, witness the tomb being found empty, um, which again marked them, and we're going to go into this in a minute, marked them as the first evangelists, mm. you know, the first ones to witness the gospel in its fullness. Mm. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, we could spend a little while there. But I think as I was reading this this morning, um, you know, as Rachel said, that it's the it's this encounter. Something happened, didn't it? Something happened to these women to be um, so courageous. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we learned that they had been set free. You know, they had encountered Jesus. They had been delivered by um, delivered of um, demonic presence for evil spirits from diseases. It says, mm. um, and so this encounter completely and utterly, utterly um, changed their life, um, which we see then leads to devotion. Yeah. Um, and it's the, it's the encounter then that leads to this devotion. And as I was reading it this morning, um, I actually um, was reading the first verse in verse 24, and it says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they went to the tomb and the, and the, stone, ro- the stone was rolled away. Um, when they entered. And as I was reading that, I sort of brushed over it so many times. Mm. But it actually occurred to me that they were only going, you know, they were going with the spices, that they had lost Jesus, the mm. love of their life. You know, things they, they had devoted their lives to enabling his ministry and his mm. mission. You know, they had given everything. He had saved them. Mm. Um, and they're going in devotion with the spices to wrap his body, to, to serve his body. Mm. And so even before we learn about them being evangelists, before we learn about them um, doing stuff for God, it was just their devotion um, that led them there to the tomb in the first place. Mm. And, um, and I sort of, I guess I was just sort of w- with that. I was, I was just sort of sitting in that this morning. And, um, and it's a real challenge, isn't it? I was thinking how many times we want to sort of skip the devotion part to the doing mm-hmm. or, oh, yeah, actually, I, I, I want to be an evangelist or I want to go and be an apostle or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you want to do mm-hmm. for the Lord. When actually these women, they just were led by devoting their lives mm-hmm. to Jesus. And actually mm-hmm. the rest is byproduct. Mm-hmm. And actually for me, it's like, is my, is my one and only desire to devote my everything to Jesus and then see what happens out of that is a byproduct it's secondary and so it's their encounter this encounter that changes their lives that then leads to devotion which then leads on that's right and I I think I think that is so key as followers of Jesus isn't it that we there's this progression and that's the progression that we want to take you guys on that that are listening that it's it's encounter that leads to devotion that actually when we talk about devotions and often you know this word devotions can mean like reading your bible and praying and doing all your good christian stuff and obviously it is really good to read your bible and to pray and to spend time in god's presence absolutely fundamental but the reason we Mm. use that word devotion Mm is because it's supposed to be just a response of the heart. Mm. And I wonder if sometimes even if we're looking at that first bit, you know, encounter leads to devotion, that we enter into devotions from a religious spirit Mm. rather than entering into devotions from a encounter. Mm. And and it's a bit nuanced because encounter is devotion, devotion is encounter. 
But I know for me, having followed Jesus for what, you know, 20 plus years, I know that I need to put myself in encounter in, in like almost, and of course God is everywhere. God's spirit is everywhere. He meets us in the mundane. He, he, he meets us anywhere we invite him. Mm. But there are also moments where we have mm. to be intentional. Mm. And I was just thinking, even driving over here to mm. meet you, mm. you know, I was in the car and I had an hour. Mm. And I, what, honestly, I mean, we, we were coming to record this podcast and I was thinking, man, I don't, I don't feel like really spiritual right now. It mm. had been a pretty stressful morning, actually, getting the kids off to school. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just been one of those mornings. I was feeling like stressed and pretty pretty unspiritual and I had this hour and I thought do you know what I could either try and make a couple of phone calls work stuff or I could listen to the radio or something I thought you know what I'm just going to put on my worship playlist and I'm going to I'm going to seek out Mm. encounter that's really good and so I put my playlist on and 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 actually within a few minutes just sort of belting out you know some of these worship songs in the car I it, yeah. my, my choice mm. to seek out encounter mm. led to devotion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you said, devo- devotion is always the starting point. Yeah, and I think the challenge is yeah. if we're finding we're doing things in our own strength, and we'll come on to the next bit in a moment, but I think if we're, if we're struggling to mm. feel that sense of mm. devotion to mm. him, mm. we probably need to yeah. set, yeah. seek out encounter. Yeah. I really agree. And also, I was just going to say that, um, interestingly, before, um, before, the, before we learn, even we're introduced to um, Joanna and Susanna, it's the bit before where, where Jesus is um, talking about the sinful woman. And he says, you know, those that have um, been forgiven much, they give, you know, they love, they devote everything. And actually, as I've been thinking about encounter, it is, it is encountering, it's being in his presence. Mm. But it's also, I think that we... Um, when we open up our broken lives to God, you know, when we expose stuff that we're ashamed of and then you receive the forgiveness of God, um, it just, it's that, oh, you know, you've, I'm free. I don't need to hide this anymore. I'm loved no matter what. Mm. It actually compels, doesn't it? It And so in some ways, I I agree with you. It's like, I have to remember what have I been saved from that gets me into that place yeah, and that happens in encounter, doesn't exactly it? And that's that. the point, is that it's it's in encounter that we are remember, reminded. Absolutely. We remember. We remember, you've given me so much. You've yeah, forgiven me so yeah. much. You've poured so much grace into my life. You've given me purpose and peace. And love. It's it's actually only in encounter that that, that happens. Yeah. And everything else flows from yeah. that. I mean, of course, we experience that in, in other ways. But, uh, you know, even I was chatting about it, it it's a fresh challenge yeah. For me personally, like yeah. oh, because I'm a I'm a doer. I love yeah. to get stuff done. <laughs> yeah. And actually, encounter leading to devotion is often about stilling ourselves, isn't it? It is a it is the disciplines. Yeah. It is the disciplines it of is, prayer yeah. and solitude. Doesn't always and feel no lovey. No, yes. exactly. It's about setting aside time yeah. in a, in the busyness of life to do that. So if um. Mm. So if then encounter leads to devotion, that's mm. what we see with these women. It was yeah. their encounter yeah. with, well, actually it was in the, their encounter with God, with Jesus and at the salvation, the healing, uh, being set free. They encountered walking all of with that. Him. Walking they with him. They clearly walked. They did their yes. life with him. They saw him. They, it, they were so in love with him. Yes. 
And their devotion looked like giving over their money. Absolutely. You know, it's like, I'm going to give my life yeah. to making sure that Jesus's ministry is su sustained and that this, mm -hmm. the kingdom is advanced. You know, that, that Their mm -hmm. devotion almost had a practical outworking, yeah. didn't it, as well? It was like, mm. right, I'm, I'm going to devote, I guess that's where it comes from, devote my life to that. So if, if encounter leads to devotion, then what we see is that then their devotion leads to obedience. Yeah. Their devotion leads to obedience. Yeah. And this is also hugely challenging. Costly. Mm. Costly, because, and like you were saying right at the beginning, sometimes we feel like, or we can fall into the false mentality. I know I, I, I can get like this, if I hear like a really compelling talk or whatever about somebody that's doing all this amazing stuff, I, almost, I start at obedience, you yeah. know, oh, I should be doing more yeah, so true. for the poor. I should be doing more for this, yeah. or I should yeah. be doing more around that. Yeah. Whereas actually what we should think is actually I need to go back to Absolutely. encounter, which leads to devotion, devotion. because it's from devotion yeah. that we become yeah. radically yeah. obedient. Courageous. Yeah. Sorry, I'm interrupting. No, no. I'm just so in, Rachel. Go yes. on, keep going. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. I think it's when you look at these women, um, like you already said, you know, um, Joanna was um, married to someone who worked in Herod's household. Yeah. And so choose choose <laughs> yeah choose yeah putting two and two together you know I'm not a biblical scholar here but Herod chopped John the Baptist's yeah, head off probably not <laughs> Jesus's <laughs> biggest fan no, probably not Jesus's BFF and so you can imagine actually to not only follow Jesus but also give from her means mm. to Jesus Oh, that must have been so costly to have done that within the surrounding family that she was a part of. Mm. And it goes back again. You know, what? Gosh, Why did she what, do it? Yeah. yeah. Um, just a radical shift in her life um, that would lead her to devotion, that then would lead mm. her to radical. Because it's all devotion, isn't it? Mm. This obedience is devotion mm. you know she's devoting every part of her life mm. um to to him and it and it's you know it might not have even he might not have asked it's mm. an overflow mm. do you know what I mean I do and I I think even maybe skipping back slightly just thinking about the whole encounter leads to devotion thing that for some of us we don't we maybe we only allow ourselves to encounter Jesus so far. Yeah. Like you were saying, really sort of agree with that. opening up your whole lives. Actually, true encounter is when we get, say, Jesus, you can have access to all areas. And these are women, you know, we, we don't know whether, um, we don't know with Joanna whether she was specifically healed of a physical thing or, a, you yeah. know, as I said, like a spiritual thing. But either way, that would have taken real vulnerability, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. To say, I'm broken in this way. Yeah. Please heal me. Yeah. And actually, it's only when, and I know this for your life as well, and certainly for me, I know what God has set me free from. Yeah. I know where I would be yeah. without Jesus. Yeah. And that process has only happened because I've allowed God into those really broken places yeah. and said, okay, God, I can't fix this myself. I am desperate. And I wonder if there's, for some people... Mm. actually in order to authentically encounter Jesus yeah actually it's going to require a level of vulnerability and openness that yeah. feels scary yeah. but it's so I worth know. it it's Allowing so worth Jesus it Jesus into the deepest parts of our pain yeah is the place of 
unbelievable liberation, but it's so costly. Yeah. And it takes so much courage. But it's knowing who Jesus is. And clearly these women knew who he was. You they know, knew. his character, you know, knew his character. And oh, they yeah. trusted him. They, they trusted, they trusted him. him with their most broken Absolutely. parts. Yeah. And I guess it's that point. Again, this is what the, the whole thing that we were saying. It, it's it's the encounter least devotion. Devotion then leads to obedience. They're like, I'm in. Yeah. You've changed my life radically. I am in. To do whatever you want with my life. Yeah. I'll go wherever you want. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what we see. Jesus still does that. To, that's that. It's that cycle. I want to be in that cycle yeah. all the time. Mm. I, I, you know, you you've done so much for me. I, I I've encountered you. I I want to give my life to you. I want to do anything for you. Yeah. And that that is really like the discipleship cycle. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think we're onto something. I think we're onto something. <laughs> I think we're onto something. So we're in a, obedience. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and the point being that these two women, we haven't mentioned Susanna that much because we don't actually know that no. much about her, no. except for, the, again, like, yeah. like Joanna... She's she gave from her own means. Yeah, yeah. she had means. Mm. And again, it's important to note that the, the, I guess, the status of women at that time, yeah. it was pretty unusual for women to have their own means. Mm. Again, we don't know what the circumstances were by which they had means to do that, mm. but it, it probably meant that Susanna was quite high up in society mm -hmm. she had a lot to lose mm. I think that's the other mm. point that her obedience probably meant yeah you know risking her reputation they probably both they probably both did that. there was yeah. a lot there was a lot at stake yeah. for them to risk following Jesus yeah it, it's that radical obedience isn't it yeah. and that's what Jesus is asking for yeah. he doesn't stop them does he there's no, no moment where he says oh no 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 yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah. Please don't risk your reputation. Please don't yeah. risk looking stupid. Please yeah. don't risk being shunned by society in order to support my ministry. Mm. He invites it's, it. It is incredible that he's humbled himself so much to allow himself to depend yes. even upon these women. Oh my goodness, yes. It, these women's means. It's yeah, like, he didn't it's, have to do that. No, it is incredible when you actually think about it. No, because he owns the the cattle on every hill, and yet, yeah. I mean, again, it is that reversal of power, it, isn't it? It's so that. Oh, my days. That is, and again, not just the means. I mean, we don't know whether there were, presumably there were men. I'm thinking of um, Joseph, who gave up his tomb, you know, uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Yeah. Oh, I think of Ken so Costa. Ken Costa, I know, <laughs> me too. That's what I thought. <laughs> Little plug for you, Ken Costa. Don't know whether you listen to this. But there were probably, there were men clearly that were financially supporting the ministry. But I love the fact that the women get mentioned yeah. because their support yeah. would have required huge courage. Radical courage. I agree. Yeah. Radical courage. <sighs> so where are we? Yes. Devotion leads to obedience, yeah. but there's one, there's another part to this. Yeah. There's another part to this. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think the other bit around this is, you know, that moment at the tomb mm. where, um, they're the first witnesses. Mm. I mean, that is extraordinary. Jesus chooses women mm. to be the first witnesses to the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And we know what happens. The angels there, they then rush back to the disciples and tell the disciples. And the disciples are like, you're making yeah. it up. Yeah. You're lying. Yeah. This is utter nonsense. Yeah. And it's Peter that has to go back to the team to witness it for himself. Yeah. And I mean, we could make a few points here about men not listening to women and how... <laughs> You know, maybe maybe the world would be a different place if if men listened to the counsel of women. I'll stop there. Yes. But what we what we can say is, 
by way of encouragement, mm. I think mm. there probably are situations where, yeah. and again, it's, it's, we've got to be careful because not every woman's experience is the same. You know, of course it'd be different. And there are, what I'm trying to say is, mm. I think there probably, I can think of scenarios in my own life where I have felt like what I'm saying in the presence of men mm. has, has mm. felt like nonsense, mm. has felt silly or stupid. Yeah. And it's the shame piece again. We often yeah. talk about shame. And I think a lot of women carry shame yeah. around their own opinion, Your around voice. their own authority, yeah. around their own voice, yeah. particularly in the context of men. Yeah. And that's not always the man in the room's fault. No. It's just a, a, an inheritance. Yeah. It's sadly, you know, it's mm. what's gone before that has led to that. But it, it could be that it's specifically to the man that's in the room mm. at that moment. But nevertheless, I can think of situations where I felt like what I've contributed because I'm a woman yeah. has been looked down upon, yeah. has been considered a bit non nonsensical yeah. or stupid. Yeah. And what's encouraging to me is in this moment, mm. we see this playing yeah. out yeah. on something that is so utterly profound they yeah. carry the message yeah. that will set the whole of humankind free and what it's met with is a mm. you're being stupid mm. <laughs> this is nonsense yeah and so it's it's yeah. it's another encouragement yeah. for us isn't yeah. it as women to, to be keep, like no yeah hold your nerve yeah hold your nerve hold your nerve. don't shrink back because also what we don't it doesn't say here it did it doesn't they don't care as in yeah it's not like they were like no no please believe me please yeah. believe or, me or okay they, no we've probably got this wrong or we've got this wrong we've got this wrong they're like this is what this is this is what i see it's conviction is, actually it's isn't conviction. it and and then he goes and sees for himself but what i love is it's still here it's in there it wasn't that oh let's skip that bit and let's go to where peter finds out exactly um, and so actually but i think again it's for us to we don't need to prove no. It's not about proving or striving. It's it's just not shrinking. Um, it's con yeah, it's holding it's, on to yeah. to the courage of our conviction. Absolutely. And if we if we know Because the truth ultimately will. The truth will come out. <laughs> the truth will come out. And again, God bless Luke for keeping that in there. Yeah. God bless Jesus. Can I say God bless Jesus? That sounds a little bit weird. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For empowering yeah. and inspiring Luke yeah. to keep that bit Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, devotion so Encounter mm. leads to devotion. Devotion, devotion. leads to obedience. <laughs> and obedience leads to legacy. I know what you're going to be preaching oh. on Sunday. <laughs> that is a good sermon. I'm not preaching on Sunday. But obedience leads to legacy. Like, yeah. And, you know, as I was reading through those just, I mean, they're literally snippets, aren't yeah. they? Like literal, they, they are sentences that we have to hang mm. on to uh, specifically around Susanna and Joanna. Can I just say something? Yeah, just please. because it, it, it goes with what we were just yeah. saying when it comes to legacy, that this is also, that it's written in here is their, is their legacy mm. and they weren't heard. Do you know what I mean? So yes. actually, Jesus just, we can trust him. Oh, yeah. We can trust him to bring about what he's going to bring up. He can, we can trust him to raise us up we don't have to make that happen because they didn't and they're they're spoken about all the time yes um, so that's the legacy of their devotion it was just their devotion is the legacy that they that's what we read about yes exactly sorry carry on no i i was gonna say that when i read it i was i was struck by the fact that here we are two thousand yeah. plus years later reading mm. about these two women these little verses and actually it's through their obedience yeah. that they leave this legacy behind. Yes. And the legacy that they leave behind is women yeah. who can look at their story, 
look at their choices, look at their devotion, look at their obedience, and say, I can be counted yeah. as an equal Absolutely. disciple. Mm. And that is profound. Yeah. Like they didn't necessarily know that, that they were just responding exactly. to their sense of devotion. Exactly. Like you were just saying. They're just responding in devotion. Yeah. And yet their, resp- their obedience leaves behind this, I mean, I, yeah. like a, a legacy that can't even be counted. And legacy is something that I, I often think about in the context of the choices that I make and mm. why I'm here. Mm. And I think sometimes we can live or we can sort of buy into the, the, the very me-centered values of the culture that we're in. Mm. And that everything that we do has to be about our gain, yeah. our profile, yeah. our, you know, us, us getting the glory. Yeah. And actually, and I, th- I think this is something that we see through through the martyring as well of some of the other disciples the apostles yeah is they're not living no, for their own absolutely. gain they're not living they are planting kingdom yeah. seeds yeah. that will bear a legacy that we're still reaping we are still reaping yeah. the, the fruit of their legacy their choices their devotion their obedience yeah and i know for me you know day to day yeah if i if i choose to sort of love my kids well or lead lead our church with with intentionality and you know godly character and all of that Mm. yes I want to see God's fruit here and now Mm. but it's about legacy it's about it's about future generations and and particularly as women that's something that you know what when I first started leading I was having a conversation with a, a really good friend of mine about this young she's a young woman in her early 20s we were chatting about this just last week and she, she is somebody that's just beginning to grow and leading up front. You know, she's been hosting some of our gatherings and, mm-hmm. uh, and she's got leadership all over her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's young. Mm-hmm. And she was saying to me, Rach, I find it so hard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because when I, when I get off that stage, mm-hmm. I just, I just, there's just this, this sort of internal narrative that just hits me and I just feel insecure. I feel vulnerable. I feel rubbish. And I'm like, I have been there. Mm-hmm. I, I have journeyed through that yeah. for years and years. Storm. The shame storm. <laughs> yes. And I was saying, and she was like, but Rach, what made you, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, you, what made you get back up again? What made you get back up again? And truth is, uh, you know, we're mm-hmm. human, mm-hmm. mixed motives, mm-hmm. but one of the overriding reasons mm-hmm. that I would get back up again, you know, I'd think I am never doing that again. I'm never preaching again. Yeah. I'm never hosting a gathering again. I'm never sharing my faith again. I'm yeah. never doing that again. Yeah. It's too vulnerable. It's too costly. Yeah. The, the, like the internal backlash is yeah. too much. Yeah. Actually, I then get another email from my pastor, whoever it was at the time, or an invitation, right, could you come and speak here? Come mm-hmm. And I'd think oh my goodness, I'm going to have to do it again. Yeah. Because what would compel me is, you know what? If I get up there yeah. and there's another woman in the room that yeah. thinks, I okay, well, if she, I could mm-hmm. do that. I could do that. Then that's what, can, and that's what I was sharing with this friend. That's what compels me. Yeah. That if it, if it enables other women to do it, I'm in. Yeah. That's legacy, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. 
actually then it might be somebody that's 20 years younger than me. It yeah. might be then that there's somebody 20 years younger than them that feels the courage. And yeah. I think as women, we have a legacy responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. We have a responsibility that, that within our choices, we're not just thinking about ourselves. We're not just yeah. thinking about how does this affect me positively or negatively. We're mm. thinking, how does this plant legacy mm. seeds mm. for the generations of women that will come behind yeah. us? Yeah, absolutely. I think that is very, is deeply profound. And I think if you were to pull it back even more, you would say it's because you encountered Jesus. Yes. And your devotion has led you to want to see women set free and be everything that they have been called to be. And so I, I just, I personally, I, I know that I'm talking about this a lot because I feel like I'm personally being challenged with go back to devotion, mm. go back to giving your all, fall more in love with me, says the Lord, like yeah. just fall more in love with me. And it's, it is devotion that says yes to the person that's asking you to speak. It is devotion to say yes to stepping into fear. It is devotion to do the things that make us uncomfortable because they're costly, but he's asking us. And then it's, it's, it's all devotion. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, and then I, I just love that. I just love that this is a picture of devotion leading. I think that's what I find really mm -hmm. profound is it's devotion that's leading. And then he raises up, he brings the obedience. Do you know yeah, what I mean? He I brings do. the, he brings the legacy. And I do think that if we lose it, mm. Yeah, I think we're in trouble. Yeah, um, I and uh, you know it's interesting uh, at Gastric Church we we often talk about holding these two things in tension: worship and mission. Yeah, and you need both. And yeah. I think the danger sometimes with the church is that we emphasize one and not the other. Yeah, we think that that they're almost mutually exclusive exactly. but they're not. actually mutually Absolutely. inclusive that actually it's our worship that leads to Absolutely. mission and it's our mission that fuels worship yeah. and we have to place. Yeah. Equal emphasis on both of those things. Yeah, exactly. So, here we are. To recap, yeah. encounter leads to devotion. Yeah. It's our devotion that leads us to obedience, radical yeah. obedience, like, like the way that we see Joanna and mm. Susanna responding. Mm. And then it's our obedience that leads to legacy. Yeah. Boom! Boom. <laughs> shall, I, shall I pray for us? Yeah. One of the things that... Um, has really helped me actually even um these last couple of weeks is is devotion comes out of being loved doesn't it so yeah. we devote ourselves like we're saying because we've encountered the love of god and um and i've just been challenged this week <laughs> to wherever i am to um receive god's love so yeah. be loved from a danielle strickland um sermon that i heard recently that idea of just of be loved like mm. speak that um, over yourself um, and so wherever you are wherever you're listening to this why don't you close your eyes if you're on a run maybe don't close your eyes or driving or driving don't close your eyes um, but I just would love us to just take a moment and to say that over mm. ourselves whatever situation we're in you know you might not think that you're it's possible to be loved right now in the situation you're in which is not true because it says that nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so right now say, I am loved. Mm. I'm going to be loved. 
And so, Jesus, we join with every single woman right now who has said that, who is speaking, who's receiving your love. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you make that really so real Mm -hmm. in people's lives right now? I pray that you would just pour out fresh encounter, fresh encounter into these women's lives. And I pray that for Rachel and I too, Lord, that you would help us receive more of the love that you have for us, more freedom for us in Christ, that we would then devote even more of our lives to you as you lead us into greater obedience and greater legacy. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to uh, the Orchard Podcast. Uh, Do join us for the next one, which will be coming out at the end of April. And don't forget, you can book your tickets for our conference on November the 12th. Um, Early bird tickets are, I think, a few are still available. So don't hold back. Go and book that busload of friends to come and join us in Birmingham on November the 12th. What a joy. What a joy, always. To share the airwaves with you. And um, God bless. See you you next time. Bye.